Welcome to a special edition of What's On Tap, featuring highlights from the past week, including a celebration of broadcasting legend and just okay baseball player, Bob Uecker. Your need-to-know cultural snapshot of Wisconsin and beyond. This is What's On Tap with Sandy Max. A deep dive into all things intriguing, riveting, and entertaining. And now, your host for the evening, here's Sandy Max. Oh, yeah. Good evening, and thanks for joining me on this special edition of What's on Tap. As a Milwaukee Brewers fan, and as an original Milwaukee Brewers in-game host, I feel like tomorrow should be a Wisconsin holiday. Tomorrow is the birthday of legendary broadcaster and entertainer, Bob Euchre, and I'm Sandy Max. Thanks for joining me on Bob's birthday eve with two guests in the WTMJ studio tonight who have gotten to know him pretty well over the past year. There is a documentary film in progress called Euke, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to the co-directors of this project. Hello, Steve Farr. Sandy? We're going to have you lean into the microphone. Hello, Sandy. There you go. There's there that go. voice we want to hear. And okay. Hello, Michael T. Volman. Hi there. How are you both doing? We're doing well. Thanks for having us. Happy Bob's birthday eve to you. Happy Bob's birthday eve to you. Yeah, that's a mouthful. (laughs) This project, what I've seen of it so far, is going to be a real way to share just the phenomenon that Bob Euchre is. Why are you making Euchre, the documentary film? I mean, who wouldn't want to make a documentary about Bob Euchre? Right. Right. It's not like it, it was an original idea. I'm sure a lot of people have thought about doing it. Um, I know through our production team, we've talked a lot about, just over the years we've talked about, wouldn't it be cool to make a documentary about Bob Euchre? I guess we kind of came into an opportunity. It kind of actually all happened really quick. We just, after talking about it for a long time, we actually took an, some initiative. Uh, Steve had some, some connections. Steve has directed a lot of commercials in the city, all actually nationally and in Milwaukee, and he had some connections to some yeah, people I, that could I connect had us a to connection. Bob. We had done a, a little project for uh, ALS, and Bob was in it. And so I kind of had connections from having done that several months before this kind of came along. Well, and you have to convince Bob Euchre to participate, don't you? I mean, that's he's this person who, as much of a public figure and magnetic personality that he is and so beloved... He's not the kind of guy who says, hey, it's all about me. Let's put the spotlight on me. So that has to be a sensitive relationship and quite a score to convince him to participate and let you follow him all last year. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Well, we made sure that once we got through to Bob and he was interested, he wanted to talk. We could have done a phone call with him, but instead we, the four of us, uh, two of us flew in from Milwaukee, Michael and I and our two producers, Matt and Jeremy, came in from uh, Los Angeles, but we... You know, flew into Scottsdale. Um, this was a year ago, and yeah, almost a, almost a year to, to yeah, to yeah exactly right. We met him for lunch, and then we th- thought maybe this would be an hour, hour and a half, something like that. And it was four and a half hours of Bob telling <laughs> yeah you know, four, one maybe five. one classic story after another. I mean, where you you couldn't even like there was no bathroom break. You know, it was just <laughs> one story after another, and eventually we kind of had to just say. Sorry, Bob. You know we got we got to catch a flight in forty five minutes, and he's like, "You guys got to get out of here." So uh, yeah, it was almost but, like uh, we were we thought we were going there to convince him, but I think he had already made up his his mind. He kind of had made the decision. He looked at our credentials, and had, I think um, you know a lot of decisions he makes is through word of mouth and people he knows. And um, you know, I guess he he got a good recommendation 
um, from someone close to him. And um, it was a great, I mean, it was kind of an amazing lunch. It was like, we should probably tell him that we have to catch a flight <laughs> soon. But um, yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to, no stop really that. to stop that. No, because it's special for your audience, and and he's just full of all those stories. So, congratulations for earning the project, for earning his trust, because you've spent hours in his own home, not just following him at ballparks all last season. Correct. I mean, our hope that's, was that's the inner sanctum. I mean, that's very special. Right. We, I don't know. Probably three quarters of what we have filmed have has been at the ballpark. Um, and then we've done interviews with him at home, which which made sense. He's a little, you know, private a little bit. I think yeah, he, definitely. I, a- I think he protects his, you know, his uh, home life a little bit. Sure. Yeah. You know, so we liked. I think our hope was to have a more, you know, peel back the curtain and see what it's like to be Bob, you know, at home, and you know, what, what's what's his, you know, how does he prepare for, you know, the, his broadcasts, or you know, just what is he, what's he like at home, and I think we still want to get a little more of that. It's funny because every time we go over there, we we're like, Bob, you can just just do whatever you do. Like we'll fo- we'll just put cameras on you, and do your daily life, and be, I don't think he's really interested in that. He's like, you're here. He's going to entertain you. He wants him ha- wants you to have a good time. Right. His his wife Judy is like offering us you know plates of meat and cheese and like <laughs> he's you know, a like, connector definitely. I mean yeah, honestly that, that's really his his gift. We're gonna hear more from behind the scenes of the documentary film Uke next on What's on Tap. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. I'm Sandy Max and you're hearing highlights from What's on Tap celebration of Wisconsin icon Bob Euchre. I did the first Tonight Show in 1969. Thank you. Really good. Thanks. I've been doing colleges and sports banquets around the country. Would you welcome Bob Euchre? But now it hits me, right? The Tonight Show. That was the biggest show there was on television. That that is you uh, down here? Yes, that's me. That's my hidden ball trick. As we're saying goodnight, I shake hands with Johnny, and as I'm walking away, I hear Johnny say to Ed, did that guy really play? And Ed said, I don't, I think so. I don't know. He is known simply as Mr. Baseball, Bob Euchre. I'll tell you what, this is the closest ticket Bob Euchre's ever had in his life. Good seats, huh? We're in the wrong seat, buddy. Come on. I must be in the front row. Melvin here. Yes, George. My potatoes are long. Let me call Idaho. When you think of great baseball players, a lot of names come to mind. Bob Euchre is not one of them. That is an excerpt from the documentary film In Progress called Uke, celebrating Bob Uecker's career, as you can hear his pop culture impact and the connection he has made with people. I'm Sandy Max, and on What's on Tap tonight, I'm joined in the WTMJ studio by two local filmmakers involved in this Uke documentary, co-directors Steve Farr and Michael T. Volman. And in that clip, we hear Johnny Carson. And you also get a glimpse of Uke and professional wrestling, and he's had such a solid presence in pop culture from... TV to beer commercials to sports. Guys, what is the process of getting this mammoth amount of entertainment footage from over the decades? I mean, in my mind, I have images of stacks of VHS tapes. Like, where do you find these nuggets of great video? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, that's been a really fun process, just trying to find as much as we can from all the things he's done. Johnny Carson, Belvedere Show, he's done all these, uh, the Miller Lite ads that were that really kind of made him pop, definitely in pop culture. He did Saturday Night Live, um, I mean, countless shows. He was just kind of all over the all over television. And the fascinating thing was that, like, I kind of knew, you know, I knew how, I think as people, from, like, I'm from Milwaukee, and so... It's almost as if, like, an old friend that you knew from, from the old days, and he, like, goes out and becomes a, a star. You kind of always think of him as, like, a, a hometown guy. And, like, but you kind of take for granted how sort of what a pop phenomenon he is. And how do you choose which clips make the cut for the film when there are so very many? Is it the ones that make you laugh the most, the ones maybe it might be more rare? I mean, the truth is we still have a lot more oh, culling down. I'll bet. I'll bet. I mean, it's funny. We were, when we were doing some interviews with, with Bob at his house, and like Michael said, you know, Judy's always kind of close by, and I'm making sandwiches or something, and she came out with this, uh, you know, uh, grocery bag, you know, brown paper bag just full of VHS tapes. And she said, well, you know, there's stuff in here. There's a lot of stuff in here you might want to look at. And so... We did, and there was it was a little bit of everything. It was you know Belvedere, and it was Tonight Show episodes, and a little bit of home movies, and yeah, even like uh, Admirals commercials, um, <laughs> local stuff. Yeah. Very, and it wasn't it wasn't like labeled really very well. So it was yeah. kind of you put the tape in and just you know we'll see what it's going to be, and yeah. you know, it's a treasure tro- treasure trove <laughs> of a uh, kind of fun stuff. Yeah. As a documentarian, like this must be part of the labor of life. It's still work. It's hours and hours, and that's got to be some of the. I hesitate to even say tedious, just because it would be such a joy. But you also fall down the rabbit hole, like you know, you just do that on YouTube. So now you've got a six-hour VHS cassette that used to live in Bob Uecker's VCR. Like, <laughs> how do you not? I mean, just mathematically, that time. Yeah, it's no, got to be engrossing. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time um, throughout this last season doing that, and. Um, We'd pop in VHS tapes and, like, try to digitize them. I'd be sending clips to Steve and our uh, director of photography, Joe Peachlow, and he'd be like, look what we found. We found these great clips, um, you know, him doing stand-up, um, stuff like that. I want to yeah. get into oh, – what were you going to say, Steve? Well, I was just going to say also we're, we're, you know, in communication with uh, Major League Baseball uh, with their, you know, their team in New York as a archival footage department, basically. And so we've had a couple of calls with them, and they, they want to help as much as they're able. Yeah, they must have some wonderful archives. Sure. I mean, I don't know that, we don't know how much they actually have of Bob's playing career because, you know. <laughs> Because, you know, Bob's playing career. <laughs> Pretty much. We're going to get into that, those early days of Bob at Milwaukee with the co-directors of the documentary film, Uke. They'll share more behind-the-scenes stories of the creative process and what the next steps are coming up on What's on Tap. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. I'm Sandy Max, and you're hearing highlights from What's on Tap's celebration of Wisconsin icon Bob Uecker. Growing up, Orchard Field was a triple-A ballpark in Milwaukee, which was about eight blocks from my house. And on Sundays, Jesus, you was jammed. Listening to baseball at night on a transistor radio in my room, man, that was it. All night long. And the next pitch, Geringer, line to hit. Back at second base. I actually started out pitching. And uh, I was doing bad. It was nothing to do with the catcher. And after a particularly bad inning, I was sitting next to him on the bench. And I got on him a little bit about a couple pitches that I threw in the dirt that he didn't block. 
He said, you think you're so good? Do it. So he took the shin guards off, and I put them on. I asked the manager, and I liked it. You know, it was putting, you know, putting signs down and calling the game. You know, getting hit with foul balls in the mask, and it felt good. <laughs> they popped down. They catch a youth under it, and we have two down. Oh, we always laughed about it because I was the first native Milwaukeean to play with the Braves. Charlie Dresden, I guess, was managing the Braves, Yes, right? That's your first big league plus, right. the Milwaukee Braves. Yes. And when he sends you out, he says, there's no room in baseball for a clown. That's what he said. Yeah. And then I was also the first native Milwaukee to be sent to the minor leagues by the Braves. Uh, I remember that like it was you know, a long time ago. <laughs> Which it was. Yes. You know, I, I, I said that as a joke. Play me, trade me, or I'll quit. And uh, they did trade <laughs> But we won a world championship, too, with St. Louis. This is you, isn't it, Robert? In this last picture, I really, I can't even guess what you're doing here. Uh, well, this was taken during the uh, 1964 World Series. Uh, they had four bands on the field, and... Uh, we were taking batting practice, and you caught about five balls in that tuba. I well, I have none of them can use a tuba like you, Bob. No, no, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basic, you know. That is an excerpt from the documentary film In Progress, titled... Uke, celebrating Bob Uecker's baseball career and his pop culture impact, and also just how special he is and the connection he's made with people. And in that clip, boy, do we get a sense of how proud Bob Uecker is to be from Milwaukee, in addition to his journey of not necessarily being the best athlete. In the studio with me are the co-directors of this new documentary, Uke, Steve Farr, and Michael T. Volman. Thanks for being here. It has been fun learning about this process and your insights so far. But Milwaukee, in Bob Euchre's DNA, and really, he's in the city's DNA. He's in the state's DNA. It's one thing to be proud of where you grew up from. I think we all feel that. What do you think it is that makes Bob's connection to Milwaukee so powerful? He's kind of a, thinks of himself as an everyman. You know, he's probably... I definitely grew up in kind of a blue-collar household, like a lot of people in Milwaukee did uh, and do. I don't think he uh, ever puts himself up higher than anybody else. He has kind of a... When he comes to the, the, the ballpark in the morning, he drives his Corvette in, typically, right? But then he stops and he'll talk to the landscaping guys, you know, and, the, and then he'll talk to... He goes from one kind of room to the next and just talking to, you know, everybody. And everybody's friends with him. It's it's just kind of interesting because I, I I can't imagine you know Vince Scully did this type of thing uh, with the Dodgers, but I might be wrong. But uh, he's just got such a great uh, personality, and people just relate to him so well and connect on so many different levels. And, and the, even the ball players. I mean, you've got someone who's turning ninety tomorrow, and he genuinely connects with you know twenty one, twenty two year old ball players. I never saw him have such a youthful energy than the first, than recently when we went to the playoffs in 2018 and he's getting soaked with champagne. Right. And it's just that energy. You could hear it in his voice when he was, he had a remote kit in the locker room during the WTMJ broadcast and you could just hear his joy. Yeah. Sure, he's an older man, but he sounded 50 when he was in that locker room high fiving and, and you can hear the guys, you can, you know, pouring champagne and beer on him. Yeah. He really was genuinely in his element. Yeah, I mean, as far as him calling games, I mean, I've enjoyed, you know, 
I'd say like he's on top of his game. Like for for, for all of his career, I, I mean, I've enjoyed like I don't know what the five last five ten years. I mean, I just think he appreciates it more than ever and does such a great job. He's really on. And then just as far as connecting with the team, I mean, he's like has different handshakes with each ball player in the in the clubhouse and kind of connects with them. He talks to the the players' moms, you know. He kind of like kind of builds a relationship with the families and things like that because he, he he knows what it was like to be a ball player and like you know, the difficulties of it and the positive things of it. So I, I think he, I don't know, it's, he's, he's, he, he, it's like he's doing, he makes decisions to kind of help people rise to their best, you know, in the game and the family, stuff like that. It's because he loves the game so much, and he's it seems to genuinely be a people person when you value those relationships from everybody in the ballpark, every single person from Bud Selig who he doesn't even yeah. call Bud, you know, <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. So I yeah, love that you're yeah. digging deeper into the person that is Bob Uecker in your new documentary. We're going to find out more behind the scenes with Steve Farr and Michael T. Volman, the co-directors, next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. Welcome back to What's on Tap on WTMJ. I'm Sandy Max, and you're hearing highlights from What's on Tap's celebration of Wisconsin icon Bob Uecker. Did you... Imagine yourself being a broadcaster? No. No, no way. Hello again, everybody. Harry Doyle here welcoming all you friends of the feather to another season of Indians baseball. I used to sit in the bullpen and, and do Harry Carey. Here we are in the Cardinal Clubhouse with... <laughs> Along with Jack Buck. <laughs> and when I first started doing it for real, it was the worst. Buddy uh, hired me in 1971. I was doing a New York writer's dinner, and Bud asked me if I'd like to come back to Milwaukee and work. And uh, I said, yeah. I had to do play-by-play. I never did it before. Never. All the stuff I did, the Tonight Shows and all the other stuff. I don't, I don't know if I was ever that frightened. And we're in Yankee Stadium. The engineer finally said, Yuki, you better start talking. There's one out. Yelich to left, deep, warning crack, get up, get up, get out of here, go! One, two, three, go! Goodbye, Detroit! Hello, New York! It's ready to go! Oh, my God, the Indians! And the Brewers are going to the postseason again! They're the Central Division champions! is an excerpt from the documentary film In Progress titled Uke, and you get to see images of Milwaukee Brewers broadcasting legend Bob Uecker celebrating with the teams, getting soaked in 1982 with Robin Yount and Paul Molitor, and more recently in 2018 in the locker room with so many of the players. The co-directors of this documentary In Progress, Steve Farr and Michael T. Volman, are with me in the studio, and you guys have spent the last year following Uke at the ball games, talking with him, talking with his colleagues, What's something you can tell me about being in the broadcast booth with him? That is such a special space. We first started shooting with you uh, actually in spring training last year, and um, we spent a few days, you know, interviewing and just meeting with them. And then um, uh, Steve and Joe, RTP, he um, they they went and filmed with him in the booth, and it just was kind of, you know, and I guess when I saw the footage, they brought the footage back, and I. Um, was looking through it, I was like, there's such a process and such like a performative aspect of the radio, and it sounds so natural when you listen on the radio, but then when you see like his, uh, just the way he 
he has like his his methods of like highlighting certain things and he, you know reading through his research and um, he has his own very special scorecard that I guess it's been customized for his kind of unique uh, desires for the to keep score of the game. And he and the other broadcasters share that book, and they pass it back and forth, depending on who's calling the inning. And uh, it's funny because Lane Grindle and Jeff Levering, they, they would say, like, they kind of would get nervous when they first started working with you to, like, that they didn't want to mess up his methods of, like, how they, how he took score and, you know, do everything the right way so that it would be a seamless transition. And um, I guess, you know, he actually has someone print, like, specific, you know, um, scorebooks for the season. You know, I think they go through, like, two a year. And he has a guy that does it. And then we, through filming, we actually, I think at one point, Lane Grindle kind of showed us, like, a, a like a, took us over to, like, a, a, a locker, and they pulled out, like, scorecards from, I don't know, a decade worth of games. And it was just like, you could literally open up a scorebook from any game and kind of just, like, read read it if you, you know how to yeah. read it and, and know, like, you know, the history of that game. For, for decades. Yeah. So. Baseball hieroglyphics. That's yeah. what you say, the yeah. Euchre system and the shorthand. And Honestly. that's that's got to be fascinating. What a, what a cool archive and baseball artifacts. For sure. Yeah. So what is the next step to creating this documentary of Euchre? What's next on the documentary filmmaker schedule? Well, we uh, still have a lot of filming to do. We t- took a little break after the season. I mean, that's uh, I can see why the players are tired at the end of a season. Uh, and I think, you know... Bob too. I mean, uh, it was uh, it took a toll. I think by the end of the end of the season. So, letting everyone rest up, and but we're going to start up uh, with interviews again. More interviews with Bob. We still have to speak with Judy and family members, and then we really need to get out to L.A. because there's there's aspects of Bob's life that we haven't touched upon because uh, you know being in Milwaukee it was easy for us to go to the ballpark and film that type of thing. So we can tell the baseball side of the story pretty easily. But you know there there are there's the the Hollywood Bob, yeah. You know there's the Major League Bob and there's the Tonight Show Bob and the Mr. Belvedere Bob and you know I think I mentioned earlier Sandy about professional wrestling, which isn't like my thing really. But if you talk to younger Bob fans, a lot of them you know they, they know him through professional wrestling more than they do for baseball. His so. appearance there wasn't long, but it was impactful. It was memorable. <laughs> right. If only we could talk to Andre the Giant. Right. Yeah. I have to think that when you <laughs> ask, hey, we're making a documentary about Bob Euchre's life, would you be willing to chat with us? Does anybody say no? Oh, I don't think anyone said no, right? No one said <laughs> no. The people are yeah, lining up. Yeah. They hear about Good. it, and next thing you know, we're hearing from their people that they, you know, they'd so love to be interviewed. We've reached out and, and talked to people and, and you know, like are you, when are you coming? When when are you going to be here? When are you be coming right. out to L.A.? The Belvedere, a lot of Belvedere, um, the cast members. We've talked to them, and they're all very excited and good. How do board. we follow yeah. along with the progress of Uke the documentary? Yeah, um, our webpage is September dot club forward slash Uke U E C K September dot club forward slash Uke. Excellent. Well, thank you very, very much for spending time with us and giving us, uh, this is like being behind the scenes in the wings of a theater production. Like, this is the ground floor. You are in progress in this documentary. So thank you for sharing that so far. And I hope that you come back and visit because I want to know more of its progress. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Sandy. It is Steve Farr and Michael T. Volman, co-directors of the documentary in progress, Uke. A couple of last calls coming up. Last call for Milwaukee Museum Days and 
Last call to take the trip of a lifetime to Ireland with me. Details on how to make the most of these experiences next on What's on Tap on WTMJ. What's on Tap with Sandy Max is back on WTMJ. What's on Tap is a show that spotlights culture and creativity here in Wisconsin and around the world. Milwaukee Museum Days wraps up today. Don't miss out on the discounts, deals, freebies at over 30 museums in Milwaukee, also in Cedarburg, Kohler, and River Hills. Check out the full listings and an interactive map of Milwaukee Museum Days on Visit Milwaukee's website. That is visitmilwaukee.org. Come along now with WTMJ traffic anchor and reporter Debbie as she takes us to two art museums with plenty of history. So you're driving along Lincoln Memorial Drive and you look way up the hill and you see this Italian Renaissance villa? Not what you'd expect to see along Lake Michigan in southeast Wisconsin. Lloyd and Agnes. She means Lloyd and Agnes Smith of A.O. Smith fame. They traveled to Italy together and Agnes saw the wonderful Renaissance style villas there and she said, Lloyd, I want one and I want it in Wisconsin. Marketing director for Villa Terrace, Caroline Daniker, sat down with me and gave me the lowdown on this location as well as the Charles Alice Art Museum. We'll get to that one in a minute. They came back and they commissioned David Adler to build them a Renaissance-style Italian villa, and that's how we get Villa Terrace Art Museum. And in the 40s, there is this transition. Lloyd passes away. Agnes moves out of the home. It sits empty relatively for most of the year. So when she hears that the War Memorial needs more space for its art, she says, well, I have this beautiful empty home which exemplifies craftsmanship. I'm going to donate my home to become an art museum. And the rest, as they say, is history. We do have a historic decorative arts collection, and then we host contemporary craft and decorative arts exhibitions throughout the year. Not only that, but it's one of the premier wedding venues in the city. But Italian Renaissance? Here? Why Wisconsin? (laughs) Well, they're based here. Lloyd works for the A.O. Smith Company. The family had two properties. And David Adler looks at these and he goes, well, if you fell in love with the Mediterranean, then obviously we're choosing the site that's on the bluffs of Lake Michigan. Well, what about the Charles Alice Art Museum? And Charles and Sarah Alice, they were incredibly wealthy industrialists and socialites with interest in art. The name may sound familiar in terms of West Alice. That's right. It's that Charles Alice of Alice Chalmers fame. They were incredible art collectors. So they were in love with art and they built their home to be an art museum. They built it knowing that they were going to give it to Milwaukee someday. So both locations were private homes and both collections were donated to the city of Milwaukee to give the citizens the opportunity to learn even more about culture. There's art to be seen in Wisconsin and when you see that art it reflects our community, it reflects our history, it reflects the peoples who have lived here. That's where we're seen and Museum Days is a chance if you haven't taken that chance before to take advantage and see the city, see what it has to offer and really experience the culture and the arts available here. So don't miss out on checking out these beautiful spaces. It's a pretty good deal. We act uh, traditionally on the idea of admission reciprocity. So you buy a ticket to one museum, you get admission to the other. So admission is typically $15. You can now get in for five. And then, of course, children 12 and under are always free at our museums. So it's a great, very affordable family adventure. And don't worry, you still have plenty of time to visit these as well as all the area museums participating in this year's Museum Days event. It runs through January 28th. Debbie Lazaga, WTMJ News.
January 28th is today, and you still have plenty of time to enjoy a museum or two on this Sunday afternoon. How about the Milwaukee Public Museum? Earlier this week, I chatted with Milwaukee Public Museum Director of Communications, Madeline Anderson. What's one of her favorite exhibitions there? I personally love our butterfly vivarium. It's the enclosed garden where there's free-flying butterflies and moths flying about, and it's always warm, you know, it's around 80 degrees, so especially this time of year, it just feels so wonderful to walk in there for a couple minutes and be surrounded by these very colorful, beautiful butterflies. You, you feel happier when you're in there and then once you leave. And another space that is fun, you talk about the natural part with butterflies, but the history part, like walking through the European village. Yeah, there's, I think, about 30 houses in the European village, and they each depict a different country and a different heritage that, you know, you'd find in Europe. And it is fun walking through there, peeking through the windows and the doors and looking at life, what it would have looked like back in Europe around the turn of the 20th century. And there's an Irish house. I'm getting ready to take a group of WTMJ fans to Ireland in the springtime, and I've been looking for different Irish cultural things. And I remember there is an Irish house in the village, and there's somebody special inside that house. Yep, there is an Irish house, and we have a a mannequin, a woman in there, and she is knitting. <laughs> it's a woman knitting. Don't give it away. <laughs> Madeline, there is something else interesting going on at Milwaukee Public Museum that I think is such a great way to be creative and also do a good deed. It's called, not construction, it's called canstruction. Yes, playing on the word construction and can because it is a canned food sculpture exhibition. Um, and we're really excited. We're going to be hosting canstruction for the first time in the exhibition's history. I think it's been around for more than 10 years in Milwaukee. But this is the first time at MPM. Canstruction calls on local leaders in architecture, engineering, and construction to donate canned and non-perishable food items to build these captivating sculptures using only those items. And then once the exhibition wraps up, all of the food items from the sculptures will be donated to the Jewish Community Pantry. And they provide emergency food and resources to residents in the Metcalf Park and Amani neighborhoods on the city's north side. It's all about artwork. It's all about creativity, engineering, construction. But then also it's for a really good cause. What a creative way to help out the community. And when can we see construction at the Milwaukee Public Museum? The public can view it through Sunday, February 4th. Milwaukee Public Museum Director of Communications, Madeline Anderson, thanks so much. Happy Museum Days to you. Thanks, Sandy. Nice chatting with you. The Milwaukee Public Museum, the Charles Alice Art Museum, the Villa Terrace Decorative Arts Museum, and dozens more museums are ready to welcome you. Plan your visits and get in on the admission discounts at visitmilwaukee.org. Last call for Milwaukee Museum Days and last call for a true Ireland adventure with me. Do you have the travel bug? Do you dream about the green scenery and the good times of Ireland? You have the chance to join me. Email me right now, and I'll send you the brochure. Email me, sandy at wtmj.com, S-A-N-D-Y at wtmj.com. I'll send it right back to you. You can browse it while you hear lively Irish music from an epic blockbuster movie that has a Wisconsin connection. It's the song you need to hear next on What's on Tap. Send me that email at sandy at wtmj.com. And now... 
Feast your ears. This is the song you need to hear. Most blokes going to be playing at 10. These go to 11. I'm excited to play this next song for you because I'm convinced that it will make you happy. Plus, it has a fun Wisconsin connection. I'm even more excited to go to Ireland in May, but it won't be the same without you. Going to Galway, Dublin, Kilkenny, gorgeous scenery like the Cliffs of Dover and Kylemore Abbey. Kiss the Blarney Stone at Blarney Castle. Get a perfect pint of Guinness right where it is brewed. What are you waiting for? Ireland is the perfect place to relax, also the perfect place to celebrate an anniversary, a birthday, any special occasion. Because, you know, life can get in the way. So plan ahead to May. Join me in Ireland in springtime. You'll have it on your calendar and have a great vacation to look forward to. If not now, then when? Don't put it off. Email me to get the brochure and ask any questions. Sandy at WTMJ.com. Trust me, Steve Bertrand Travel makes the journey easy. Airfare, hotels, admissions, most of the meals all included, plus a lot of flexibility to do what you want on the group trip. Email me, S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. And now, music to put you in the mood to travel to Ireland. The band Gaelic Storm, annual performers at Milwaukee's Irish Fest. This is their song, from the Titanic film soundtrack. The scene where Jack and Rose dance together and work up a sweat. I always chuckle at the point in the movie where Wisconsin comes up. It's when Leonardo DiCaprio, as Jack Dawson says, that he's from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. From the Titanic film soundtrack, it's Gaelic Storm on What's on Tap with excellent Irish music that you really should hear in person in a pub in Ireland. So you want to go to a real party? Just go with it. Uh-huh. 